Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 55. Uh, we're going to read um, all the verses. Isaiah 55. <clears throat> this is, uh, uh, in a way, a prophecy. Uh, the prophet Isaiah was writing to uh, a people who had been exiled, who had lost uh, their land, who'd seen Jerusalem destroyed, the temple desecrated. And uh, this is significant, I think, this, uh, understanding the context, because uh, it's extraordinary, uh, the promises that we get out of uh, this, this chapter, and promises that we can appropriate. Uh, you know, if we are in a low ebb, if we are feeling far off, if we've never uh, known the Lord, it is uh, an invitation for us today as well. So let's come to uh, chapter 55. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labour on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me, hear me that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David, see, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations that do not know you will hasten to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seeds for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. And the mountains and the hills will burst into song before you. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the pine tree. Instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign which will not be destroyed. Our lovely words were lovely promise full of expectant hope, of deliverance, of, of a father that will turn the worst of fortune totally about and set us on the right track. Well, this, uh, I'm going to speak to, uh, uh, under three headings in this uh, chapter. Uh, the first one is that of a banquet, because this, these opening verses are a picture of a, of a table, uh, laid out with sumptuous foods, and the Lord is inviting all to partake of this. So that's the banquet. 
and being in fellowship, receiving what this food is, which we'll be looking at, what is the meaning of this food, it will give us boldness, and that's the kind of second heading that we'll be looking at, the boldness that comes of being in a right relationship with the Lord. And finally, uh, it's the outcome of this engagement, this participation with Christ, and it's, uh, it brings blessing. So there we have it, the banquet, boldness, and blessing. And that could make for probably my shortest sermon if I stop there, but I'll, let's unpack it a, a wee bit. Uh, let's look under this title of, uh, of banquet. Let's uh, look at verse 1. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you have, who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. We get that repetition of the word come. It's four times repeated in that, uh, that opening verse. And it's, it's an eager invitation. It's not just, well, come round of you if you feel like it. It's, it's, it's persistent. It's insistent. It's, it's craving our company, our attendance at this banquet. And that is the generous heart of our Father God who invites all to come. And the generosity is very evident. You who have no money, come. And again, at the end of verse 1, without money and without cost, we come simply as we are. And that's the lovely starting point, isn't it, in this uh, start of the pilgrimage of, uh, 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 with the Lord. We come as we are. Christ comes down to earth, to be our saviour. We, we cannot uh, ramp it up, to hike it up and be good enough to find the favour of the Lord. We're all undeserving. And this is the meaning of grace, this, uh, this favour, this, this show of, um, of friendship and fellowship, meeting our deepest needs the one who has done it all, entered into our human experience, paid the price, who on the cross cried out that word, tetelestai, it is finished, it is complete, everything is done. We see that it is a, a, a sumptuous banquet. End verse 2, your soul will delight in the richest of fare. Verse 3, hear me and your soul may live. And then in, 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 uh, verse 12, uh, as comes out this promise, you will go out with joy and be led forth in peace and the mountains and the hills will burst into song before you. And as I noted uh, at uh, just at the introduction, this is a message to the exile, to a people who have lost everything, who have no rights, who have no citizenship, who are in bondage to slavery, to uh, um, a, a power that has vanquished them. And uh, this is the extraordinary context. God speaking to these exiles, saying, come, come and be filled. Come and be a people of hope. I have plans for you. And uh, how, how diverse must have been that promise from their current existence and experience in their sufferings in Babylon. 
And I wonder if that is you this morning, feeling a sense of hopelessness, despair, uh, wretched, not knowing the way forward. And this is an invitation for, for you, for me, to enter into this uh, place of favour, to be seated with the Lord, to, to eat of this food. In verse 6, the invitation gets more um, urgent. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. I think uh, terrorist events uh, remind us of the transience of human life. We may feel that we're in control, that our health is good, uh, we may be young, and uh, we feel that we've got years ahead, and yet in an instant we can be obliterated, such as uh, people have been in these last weeks. And uh, it's in that context that the Lord says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. A moment of uh, us to respond to the invitation from the Lord. And this is how we respond to the invitation in verse 7. It says, Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will freely pardon. And we get uh, now a sense of what this bread, this wine, this milk, this sumptuous feast on the table that the Lord is inviting us to. It is pardon and mercy. And it's freely given. And it's given to those who are far off, to those who are wicked. Uh, we might not feel that we're perhaps uh, as wicked as this is portrayed, but don't let fear, a sense of inferiority of being feeling unworthy, unholy, stand in the way. This is an invitation for all who are defiled to a lesser or greater extent to come because the Lord freely pardons. It takes humility. It takes a decision. It's an invitation that the Lord isn't forcing on you. He isn't going to frog march you to this table. It is by free choice. Will we come? Will we respond to this gracious invitation? Jesus picks up the same invitation in the New Testament. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. We read that earlier in Matthew chapter 5. And then from John 4, 14, whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And Jesus takes up some of this imagery of being a provision of what we are thirsting after, what we are desiring to feast our soul on and say, Come to me, I will fill you. It's not just a, an invitation for those who have never followed the Lord. I believe it is an invitation as it is to uh, some of these that would have uh, received this prophecy. They were uh, perhaps worshippers of the Lord. 
but we can grow cold, we can be hardened, we can allow bitterness to take root in our lives, and we lose the joy, the peace, the sense of favour of walking with the Lord. I've been in that uh, place, and uh, I'm sure that all of us uh, who are honest know that you know, there are those lean times. Uh, often the leanness that we bring upon ourselves, sometimes it is uh, a desert place that for no reason of our own or fault of our own, the Lord brings us into a dry place that we may seek him more fervently. And so this message is to us who uh, are in that place to come and be refreshed, come back to the basics of coming to a table, and a table that uh, the, the Lord Jesus uh, gives new meaning through the new covenant of the blood and uh, the bread and the blood. His body, his blood shed for us. This is the forgiveness, the free pardon. And it's coming back to that basics of asking the Lord's forgiveness, of knowing that we cannot earn it, of being humble and stating we've got it wrong, confessing our sins and renewing that vibrant fellowship with Christ. Well, what stops us from coming? In verses uh, 2a, why spend money on what is not bread and your labour on what does not satisfy? Money and labour is kind of suggesting that I'll do it my way. Uh, You know, I've got the strength of arm, the intelligence of mind. I'll do what is necessary to put myself right for the Lord. It's that mindset of uh, independence, the pursuit of wealth, work, independence, a condition that is just endemic in our society. Uh, Earning all we can, saving what we can, buying what we want, having insurance policies for any uh, sense of eventuality, having the now health system uh, and national insurance to pick up uh, when things go wrong in our lives and uh, this kind of godlessness uh, can can take roots in the life of the Christian and we need to come to that point of recognition that uh, God is our foundation he's our security he is the hope we all will tie it sooner or later and uh, that is the big thing is to where is our hope? Where is our trust and our confidence placed? Is it in the things of this world, the things that we are in control of, because we know sooner or later we will lose control. But is it in God? And this is the, the invitation. Secondly, we want to look at uh, boldness. Let's just read uh, verses 3 to 5. Give ear and come to me, hear me, that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and the nations uh, that do not know you will hasten to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Uh, these exiles in chains doing manual work for goodness knows how many hours in a day. 
the Lord saying, you are endowed with splendour. A people of the covenants, a people who will be gathered in by God. And the person that is presented here is, is David. He's talking about uh, renewing a covenant. Uh, the faithful love that he has promised to David. And uh, it's, uh, we, we can think of David in, in his time when he was a fugitive, running from Saul, desperate, with a small band of followers, uh, evading the pursuit of this manic king and having to go to uh, the lands of his enemies to escape this tyrant. And some of the psalms that are the most splendid parts of, the, uh, of that book of psalms are written by David in these times of having to dig deep in his faith when the things of the world were just fading and falling apart around him, that he had no confidence in his, uh, in his own flesh and his own position, but his confidence was... Uh, again and again was a reminder to him that it had to be upon God. It's not just a word to survive as an exile in verse 5. It says, surely you will summon nations you know not, and the nations that do not know you will hasten to you. And uh, God is saying to, to his people, just as he said to David, you know, Put your hope and trust and confidence in me, and I'll bring you through. The kingship is yours, but it will be done in my way, not in your way. And uh, this is an invitation to, to us that may be feeling low and crushed and sinful. Come and take hope. My hope in me is steadfast and sure. And hold on to that. Follow with all wholeheartedly. And... We will come through as David came through. This is the sense of covenant, of God's extraordinary promise, of his hold on us, of his promise to secure us and bring us through. And so we see this is, uh, so far, it's a matter of, of coming humble, just as we are, we have no right, we cannot earn it, but coming to respond to this invitation, to the banquet, and there receiving this mercy and pardon. But it's not just of being forgiven, it is about being made new, a new boldness of entering into a covenant that God promises his love, his companionship, his help, his guidance, his strength, his enabling. And that is the, what these verses are speaking of, you know, from three to five, that sense of renewal, being energized, of a boldness that comes from that sense of fellowship. And lastly, we come to the sense of blessing. Uh, in verse 10, uh, it says this. 
as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish that yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty. So good agricultural image there that uh, nothing will grow without water. Water is uh, life-giving, life-sustaining. And uh, that's why Scotland is so green. We have plenty of it. Uh, and uh, we're well aware of that. And uh, God is saying his word is like the rain. It will refresh, it will revive, it will bring growth, it will be luxuriant, it will be verdant, healthy. It will bring blossom and, uh, and bud and flowers and fruit. And uh, this is the, the picture of the one who comes to this place of mercy, this table of bread and wine, the Lord Jesus given to us, that we can receive this free pardon, be filled with a boldness, being made one with Christ, filled with his spirit, and the sense of joy and, and nourishment and blessing that comes out of it is likened to this, this rain, this water, that is giving um, growth and sustenance to the earth. I want to just give uh, one illustration of uh, this sense of walking with the Lord. Um, forgive me if I've used this illustration with some of you before. When I was in uh, Brazil, in Sao Paulo, uh, there's a team that uh, we have Latin Link members part of and some Brazilian uh, uh, partners in this that reach out to uh, the drug addicts in a zone of the city called Cracolandia. It's a place that's been cordoned off by the police uh, uh, where all normality ceases. And uh, I was taken to this, uh, this project and uh, before going out, the team spent a long time uh, reading God's word, praying, praising, and you could sense the uneasiness, the reluctance, even though they went there every day. It was a place that was hard and difficult to go to. And I was feeling nervous as well. I was picking up all their nervousness. I was already nervous before going, hearing where I was going to go. And these people who went there daily were feeling uh, unequal to the task and for them it meant to to go into this place they couldn't do it on their own it had to be a sense of the Lord's grace and favor his presence of reminding themselves the the awesome power but also the the love that comes low and reaches the most wretched and pitiful people that you could think of. And it was reminding themselves of the nature of God that enabled them to then go out. In a sense, they would come to the banquet, reminding themselves of God's free favor, of being emboldened by that. And what I wasn't prepared for was the blessing that was going to, uh, to follow. Because as I went into the streets with them, um, there were a lot of individuals that were uh, out for the count, lying on the streets, uh, sleeping, could have been dead. Uh, 
and just a lot of filth and depravity in that sort of scene. It was it really it was dismal. And here was this band of five people trailing something of the presence of the Lord that was about them. It's almost like that sort of ready breath advert, you know, you see that kind of warm glow. Or you couldn't see a glow, but you could sense that this was an extraordinary juxtaposition of people that were kind of reached the very brink of existence and were uh, falling over the cliff into uh, Christless eternity. Uh, and contrasting that with a people saturated in God coming into that very dark place. And it, they were very attractive to the people that were in a right state of mind. They came to the group with tears. They, they were singing Christian songs. Uh, we had a guitar. Uh, they were seeking to a way out of the mess that their lives had come into, the slavery to sin, the slavery to addiction. And here was a hand of hope that they recognized in the, in the people of God who came to seek that which was lost, that which was depraved. And there was a tremendous sense of blessing of being there. It was quite uh, uh, strange to be sat on a street corner, surrounded by people in filth and rags, uh, who were picking up the uh, choruses that, uh, that we were singing in Portuguese. And a sense of God shining a light in a desperately dark place. Reminds me, I haven't got the words here, but let me try and quote what C.T. Studd said. He said, you know, some want to live within sound of Chapel Bell, but I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. And uh, that team were kind of lived out that, that sense of living on the edge. And I think when we, when we get to that place where we know we cannot be there without God's help, that there is that sense of overwhelming blessing and sense of presence of the Lord. And maybe you had tastes of this yourself if you stepped out in, in the Christian life, out of your depth. That's doing the holiday club for the first time, having to speak up front. And there's that sense of God with me that enables and uh, without which you'd, you'd never have the audacity to, to do that thing which God has uh, has encouraged you to do. So I just about finished. Um, this, uh, this sense of, uh, of being a people who are pardoned, who received the Lord's mercy, who have been made bold through the forgiveness, through the companionship of Christ, this covenant that will never let us go, there is such a, an extraordinary blessing, and it's put very poetically here. Um, and uh, the Bible's lovely, isn't it? It speaks in different genres of uh, of, of literature, and uh, this is this is highly poetic. It's a kind of almost a kind of sound of music type experience. But bear with me. It says in verse twelve, "You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace, and the mountains and the hills will be." will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. 
here's a sense of God's all-pervasiveness through his creation, of the sense of wonder and mystery of glimpsing the glory of God through Christ, the sense of in the natural world going out and seeing it imbued with the kind of manifestation of of God's workmanship, God's made it all, and you're aware of his presence, his spirit. Just as there was that awareness of God's spirit in that hard place in Sao Paulo, you don't need to be out in the countryside to witness something of the glory and a foretaste of his supremacy. But here it's put in poetic terms that we will be like-minded to sing and be jubilant, to praise him, to celebrate the wonders of our God, the, the salvation that he has given us. It's an image of jubilation, an image of release. This isn't a picture of people in chains, in exile. It's about their return into the fullness and the plenty the land flowing with milk and honey, a picture of the life for the Christian in the spirit, living and walking in step with the spirit, of knowing his closeness, his emboldening, his affirmation that we are sons and daughters of the God, we are forgiven, we are freed, and there's a sense of wonder, of deliverance and enjoyment. Let me just pray and we'll come to our last uh, chorus of um, of response. Father, you know each one of us and uh, where we are on this walk of faith with you. Again, we cry out to you to forgive us for our half-hearted ways. Give us the sense of uh, our need to uh, receive your mercy and your pardon at this table. Thank you for the blood and the body of Christ that washes away all sin. Thank you that we are cleansed, we are renewed, that you have put your spirit in us. And for anyone here this morning who hasn't taken those steps, I urge and pray that uh, you'd help seek you with all their heart, knowing that you are very gracious that nothing stands in the way except pride. Thank you that you forgive all, that your hand is extended to the most wretched individual, as I've seen on the streets of Sao Paulo. And thank you for such a gospel, freely given, and an invitation to come. Come as we are without money and without cost to receive this wonderful new life and hope in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if you know this uh, relatively new uh, chorus, uh, but I think it's worth <laughs> trying to learn, even if you uh, haven't uh, sung it before. But it reads this, King of kings, majesty, God of heaven living in me, gentle saviour, closest friend, Strong deliverer, beginning and end, and all within me falls at your throne. And the uh, the kind of the responsive chorus is is this, and it's a a real song of worship. Your Majesty, 
I can but bow, I lay my all before you now. In royal robes I don't deserve, I live to serve your majesty. So let's rise and sing our concluding uh, song. from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only God our Saviour be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore. Amen. If you have felt challenged this morning uh, to, to want to know what this Christian life is about then I do urge you to, to speak to someone, uh, if you know elders here, or me, or whoever you might uh, uh, be accompanying who is in the Christian life, uh, take the opportunity to, to ask, don't miss the opportunity, uh, I encourage you. And for others that are wanting to journey on, uh, come and have a look at this table, uh, we invite you to, uh, to pray with us, to celebrate some of the good things that are going on in Latin America amidst the challenges that uh, we're faced as well. We're looking for people who will pray, people who will partner with us, people who might want to taste it and go. Thank you very much.